This is the Race Like a Girl podcast, where you always get a one-of-a-kind RC talk experience from the female perspective. Our motto is to always strive to beat the guys. So without further ado, here are your fuel-burning, four-wheel-drive-turning hosts, Katie and Mackenzie. Welcome back to the Race Like a Girl podcast. We are excited to get a new episode out to you guys today. And we are even more excited to welcome Chloe Bend on the show. So, hey, Chloe, welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. And we also have two of our co-hosts with us today. So the first one, um, you all know and love, Mackenzie. So, hey, Mackenzie. Shout out to Mackenzie. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, guys. And then we also have Derek. So, Derek, welcome. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. Glad to be on. Welcome, Chloe. Hey. The first thing that we want to do, Chloe, is obviously you're pretty well known in the RC community, especially because you are married to Dakota Fenn, the one and only. But we want to start tonight by just having you tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, what you do for work, and just kind of take us from the beginning as far as how did you get involved into RC racing yourself? Yeah, so let's see, loaded question. We'll start with what I do for a living. Um, I am a registered lead behavior technician. Um, I work at a center that focuses on children who are on the autism spectrum, um, and we help parents and kids cope with um, behaviors and stuff that they're dealing with. So that is what I do. Um, And then I also help Dakota out at races, which feels like a full-time job half the time. but yeah, I love I love both things that I do as far as like helping Dakota and um, my full time job here in Lansing. I started um, RC industry when I was I was just thinking about this, trying to figure out like when I actually got started in the industry. My parents have owned a racetrack since I can remember. To be honest, um, we started out with a carpet track. And then when our carpet track closed down, we opened an outdoor track, um, Stateline. And that's, I have probably my most memories at Stateline and just growing up um, being a track owner's daughter. So I'm sure that many of our listeners are very familiar with Stateline because Stateline is a very, very famous track. But um, just kind of give us a little bit more about, so your dad was the track owner. You growing up, like, what was your involvement in the track? Did you just show up and race every now and then when your dad was having a race? Um, Did you have to help build or work on the track? Like, what was that like growing up? So when it's in your backyard, like literally your backyard, um, I was there 
every weekend, every day. Um, I helped with track builds, concession stand, parts, you name it. I've probably done it. Um, my favorite is probably track builds though. I love starting with like just a flat surface and then seeing it evolve throughout the week and then having 300 plus people come and race on it. Like, I just think that's the coolest part of everything is just seeing the, the finished product when you're done. Um, I wasn't a big fan of concession. That was more of my mom's thing. Um, I always liked being out and like really involved in the track itself. That's super interesting to hear that you had track build experience with your family's track. I think as we get to talk about Wicked Weekend and PNB, it'd be really interesting to get your thoughts on tracks that you've been at now that you've kind of, we know that you've been beside behind the scenes um, as a track builder yourself. Just kind of speak to that a little bit more. Like when you were building tracks, say you're building a jump, like how did you or your family make sure that the track had good flow, so to speak? Were you one of the ones that like tested it or just kind of like, how did that process work? So I never got the chance. I've been in the Bobcat before, but as far as actually building the jumps, I'm more on the sidelines. I do more of the, the raking and the suggestion giving and stuff like that. But we were um, really blessed with a lot of just good people who came beside us um, during our track ownership time and gave so much input, who had experiences from like other tracks or like other facilities that they raced at. And so it was a very like group effort when it came to track builds and stuff like that. Um, but I did like giving my input on what I liked and what features I wanted to see on the track. That was for sure where I tried to get in into it a little bit. <laughs> Is there any specific track layout that you can remember that was your absolute favorite? Just like a layout that you were like, yeah, nailed that. This is super fun. Um, I really, so we have a race, um, called the King of Kings. Um, well, we did have a race called the King of Kings. Um, it was probably our most well-known slash famous race, um, state line was known for. Um, and there was a build, honestly, I really loved last year's build. That was our last season. And I think it was just one of those like bittersweet builds since it was the last one of the year and forever. Um, so I just, yeah, I think that's probably one of my favorites. I don't want to get too far into the conversation, too, without um, giving sort of a kudos or shout out to what you do for a living. Um, after being friends with you and just seeing your Facebook, um, your cover image totally makes sense now hearing what you do yeah. for a living. But um I am a teacher and I oftentimes teach inclusion, which means that I have a special education teacher in the room with me for various reasons. But a lot of times I do work with students with autism. So um, I think what you do for a full-time job is awesome. And um, your second job as far as helping Dakota, I'm gonna go ahead and give a kudos to that too. I've said this to uh, Megan Tebow before, um, it is extremely hard for me to just 
go to a race and be like, yes, sure, Dave, I will pit you and clean your tires and do whatever you need me to do. Like, I just cannot do it. So I'm going to give you a kudos to that, too, because I've been there, tried to do that. It just didn't work out for me. But I fully recognize um you know, how awesome it is that you are that supportive and are that behind the scenes. There are so many females, especially in this industry now, I feel like that are able to get involved in many other ways than just racing themselves. I think it's really awesome that they um, that they kind of get to see you do that firsthand when you are at the races. So that's super cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I love seeing other wives and girlfriends and just other like females come alongside their man and help out. I think that's super, it's super cool to see that. It's definitely one way, especially if someone feels like they aren't super interested in racing themselves. It's just another layer, another way for them to still be involved in the racing. So although we're called race like a girl, I mean, we're still, um, We're still very much looking to recognize all the ways that females can be involved in the sport. So I think it's super awesome to watch you when you're at the races because um, I've got to watch you firsthand and um, you are like no joke. I mean, you can definitely like pit and do everything else that anybody else can. So it's, it's really awesome. Thanks. It's always, it's, it's a little confidence booster to hear that. So thank you. We have, uh, we also noticed that you have gotten behind the wheel a couple times yourself in racing. So just talk about your past current experience with racing cars yourself. And I'm sure people want to know, did you ever race RC cars? Yeah, so I did race my first car um, was a Mini T. I had a body that was like Herbie Lovebug on it. Um I loved that car until I hit a wall and then it broke completely in half. Um, so that one was short lived. My second car was a T4, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, so I had a truck, a stadium truck, and I raced, but didn't seriously race. It was more just like, okay, my dad has a track. Let's let's run so I have something to do on the weekends. I enjoyed it, but I could never, I never really got really seriously into it. Um, if I, I did kind of race a little bit growing up some nitro buggy. Um, but yeah, I never really seriously got into racing. I more enjoyed just being around the people who were at the track um, and the people who had come to races. So I was more of just the social butterfly than I was the racer. (laughs) I think it's important to recognize, though, that it is just a fun place to be at the track. I feel like it's still like that even today. You know, even, you know, I think about the most recent race that we went to was Wicked. I would have loved to do better than I did for various reasons, but like ultimately it was still just really fun being at the track with all the people that we love to hang out with. It's just like, you know, there's no other way to describe it besides it just being like a fun atmosphere for just a big racing family. So it's, 
it's always fun to be at the track regardless of what your involvement is it is it's it's like a second family like that's the best way to describe it you might not see each other once a week or every day but you go to the track looking forward to seeing those people you know once a month or even once a year sometimes it just depends on how much you race but it's like a second family it truly is for sure So we also saw in a recent memory that you were racing some kind of dirt oval car. Can you tell us about that? Oh, was it a real car or an RC car? It was a real car. Okay, yeah. So I, oh man, that was a little while ago. Um, I had the opportunity to be in a demolition derby. That was a blast. I absolutely loved it. Um, my dad and I and my mom and a couple friends got this car and we gutted it and then got the spray paint out and spray painted it and then um, went to the fair and I got to drive. Um, I did. I was doing really good. Until I got the lights, like they had like a red caution light and like a green light. And I got the lights mixed up and I thought that they were telling people to stop and it was the last lap. But they weren't telling people to stop. So I ended up just stopping right before the finish line. And so I didn't get to move up into the main feature. That was a bummer, but I still had a blast and I would do it again if I had the opportunity. It was a lot of fun. Oh, dang it. That's... <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was such a bummer afterwards. My whole family's like, what What were you doing? It's like, I was just trying to follow the directions. But no, I didn't follow the directions. <laughs> <laughs> that stinks that you were in that position. But that's super cool. I've never got to do anything like that before. So um, just getting to like see that you had done that before, I thought that was super, super interesting to hear and talk about. Was it just like, you say demolition derby, was it just like you were racing other cars on the track, like a normal go around in the circle type thing, or were you actually trying to like beat and bang each other? So it was a track, so you had to race around the track. It was like, I think like 10 laps or something like that. And then, but you, you hit each other, like trying to knock other people out of the race. Um, so it was a little intimidating at first. I'm like, Oh, is this going to hurt? Like, I didn't know like what to expect, but then when you get out there, I mean, there is mud, so people can't go crazy fast. So you're probably going around like 20, 30 miles an hour, um, which is still a decent amount when you're getting hit. But I just tried to avoid the, the people, the, (laughs) the best that you can in a demolition derby and go for it. So obviously it's going to be hard for us not to talk about or mention Dakota because he is so famous in RC racing, but we still want to kind of get to know you a little bit. So we have also seen that you're interested in motorcycles and you potentially even have your own bike. So where do you like to ride and what kind of bike do you have? Yes, um, I started uh, owning a bike has always kind of been a dream of mine since I was younger. Um, I just love the thought of it. And it came like that dream kind of came true last year. 
Um, I started out on a Kawasaki Z400. Um, it's a naked style bike. And then this year I moved up to a Ninja 650, which is more of a sport bike style. Um, I love it. It's definitely my, one of my favorite pastimes. Um, it's just one, it's so relaxing, which is weird, but it is, it's very freeing to just get on a bike and go for a ride. We, most of the time we'll ride, um, in Michigan, just there's some fun routes that people have told us about. And so we'll hit those up, um, or ride down to my parents' house in Indiana. Um, so we've kind of just only rode local so far, but I would love to eventually just get a trailer and haul bikes out somewhere and go ride in like other states or areas. I think that would be really cool. That's awesome. So does Dakota ride with you? He does. Um, he has a um, Yamaha MT-09, which is like a naked style bike. So gotcha. we do normally do lots of riding together. Dave has a Triumph Street Triple. I don't have my um, own motorcycle. At one point, I was trying to get my um, motorcycle license, but never followed through with it. But okay. funny story is that I was really interested in having my own bike. So I thought I would start with a dirt bike to kind of just like learn how to work a bike before like I don't know for whatever reason just like riding in the dirt or on the grass seemed a lot less scary than trying to ride in traffic on the road so I was it's like I'm gonna start with the dirt bike and just like you know figure out how to ride this bike and so I asked for a dirt bike and Dave this is like this is where the funny story comes in Dave was like okay I'll get her a dirt bike for her birthday but when I got the dirt bike for my birthday, so super nice that he got me a dirt bike, right? When I got the dirt bike, there were two in the trailer. I was like, was this two for one deal or what? Did you buy me a bike or you a bike? So we both ended up getting bikes for my birthday. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's kind of that's kind of what happened with mine is I was the one who originally wanted bikes. And then Dakota kind of just jumped on that same dream and then ended up getting one as well. But I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is your thing now, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that happens. That's hilarious because that's how our RC story started out. Is um, Many of the listeners already know this story. But we worked on an off-road Baja car together in college. That's kind of how we spent so many hours together. Because we were a very small team racing against, like, Ohio State, Michigan State. All those kind of... Um, colleges and we were trying to be competitive with only a five-man team meanwhile all these other huge colleges have like a hundred men team so we're trying to build and race this off-road car but we only could race one time a year the race was just one time a year so I was trying to figure out how to race more so I went with our teammates to a local hobby shop I decided I was going to get a car and I was going to race it but um Dave said whoa you're not getting a car unless I get a car <laughs> And so then he tricked me because there was only one associated SC10 on the shelf. I think it was an SC10. I don't remember. There was only one associated on the shelf. And he was like, oh, get the Traxxas. It's the best starter car you could ever get. Meanwhile, he's buying the associated. Oh, man, that's rough. 
that is rough. I know. And the whole reason we went there was my idea. And somehow, I mean, I learned later on that his was a bit more competitive in the 17-5 class than mine. But, I mean, it ended up being fine because, honestly, I could not. My first race was an oval race, and I think I took out the entire field in one lap. Dave has a video of it somewhere, but it was bad. It was really bad. It happens. You know, (laughs) when you're learning, it happens. (laughs) So, kind of moving on to you and Dakota, what is your involvement in Dakota's racing? Oh, man. So, I have done and still do all the things um i've pitted dakota at worlds in australia before um i booked his travel i do most of his expense reports tire prep when we're at races practicing if he's gonna go practice um during the week then i try to make it so i can go with him and help him out when need be Um, testing, kind of the same thing. I've gone on testing trips with Dakota, mainly just there for support. I can't, I can't do much of the testing, but I can feed him and I can make sure that he has water and just all the little things. Kind of going along with support, are there different ways that you support him, especially at a race, based on whether he does good or bad? So if he does good, do you react a certain way? Or bad, do you react a certain way? Or just, like, how do you adjust to how the weekend's going for him? Yeah, so I think, you know, when he does good, it's everybody's just happy. And, you know, there's not, I can still support him and tell him how proud I am of him and how good he did. But I think the more of the support at races is like if he has a bad run, just being there. And Dakota, if he has a bad run, he's he likes space. He needs to just like have that time to like process it and work through that himself. So I feel like my most my most useful spot is just kind of being that buffer for him. Cause most of the time when you have a bad run. I get it, but a lot of people want to come right up and be like, man, what happened? What went wrong? And that's not kind of what he needs in that moment. So if I'm there, I can just kind of like buffer that and tell people, you know, come back in a little bit or I can answer that question for them. So I think that's where I'm more supportive is if, you know, he has that bad run. That's um, kind of what I was thinking about even when I was formulating that question is I'm sure it's hard because I mean we've also interviewed Megan too so we've kind of got her perspective on when when she's at the races with Jared but um is if there is a bad run I feel like it's hard for like you know the I don't know what I want to call it, like superstardom, because at at the end of the day, they're, you know, the most famous, best of the best racers, Dakota mm-hmm. especially. So, like, when you come off of a bad run, I'm sure it's hard to just shut it off when people are in your face trying to talk to you and see what you thought and did you like the tires is that why you had a bad run sort of thing. <laughs> and so I'm sure that's difficult to try to just like shut that out when you do I mean I feel like it's not that bad slash easy to talk about when you have a good run but I'm sure when you have a bad run I know 
I know how I feel. I want to rip that headset off my head and just walk <laughs> straight to my turn marshalling spot. Like, do not pass go. Do not collect $200 sort of thing. Nope. Just let me sit in my turn marshal spot and I will talk to you later. So I'm sure that's like magnified when it's someone like Dakota. Yeah, it's very similar. I feel like it's it's very similar. It's hard. I even get that way. Like sometimes he'll have a bad run and I personally don't know why it happened or like what the issues were. And I'm like, I want to sit there and be like, oh, what happened? You know, why, what, what happened here? Why did this happen? And I have to like even give myself reminders like, okay, Chloe, just take a second here. Let him have his 10 minutes of space. And then you can like figure out what's going on. Yeah, I I feel like I understand that. And, and I empathize in a way because I know it's probably hard when you have a bad run to shut all that out because I'm sure n- not as many people or no people are coming up to me like they are Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's challenging at its best. Um, is there a particular race that you can think of where the racing was super close between Dakota and someone else? And if there is a race that you can think of, just describe the race and how you were feeling watching it. Oh, man. Um, I feel like there's multiple, but there's like two that kind of stick out to me. Um, CRC in 2017. Um, it's a 10-scale race in Ohio. Um, and I am able to go to that one. And normally we're it's drivable distance. So I can come up after work on Friday and get to watch Dakota run all weekend. Um, but that particular race, I don't remember who he was battling. I think he was battling Jared, um, if I remember correctly. But just watching Dakota race that weekend was just like, it's one of those, it doesn't happen a ton, but I sometimes still get those moments when I watch him and I'm like, how did you do that? Like, how, how is that even like possible? And that was one of those weekends where I was watching and I'm like, wow, like just the pace that he was running was so fast and the, the track was challenging at best and just like watching him be able to like maneuver all that and then walk away with all three TQs in the winds was really cool it was a cool experience i uh i definitely call that a good weekend (laughs) it was it was a good weekend for sure to follow up with that we asked megan this question and it was super funny to hear her response so kind of going along with that when you're at the race and watching it especially What drivers or who are you most comfortable with Dakota racing around? So if he's racing around someone, who are you like, oh, okay, I'm I'm cool watching him right now because I know they're going to race him clean. And then also, who are you least comfortable watching Dakota racing around? So if you're watching a race and this person's by him, like, "Eh, is he going to make it by him? Are they going to wreck sort of thing? Yeah, so I think... I'm probably most comfortable with Dakota racing around um, either Mayfield or Jared. Um, I feel like Ryan and Dakota have had a lot of battles over the years and they've, they're both aggressive drivers and they've, they kind of know that about each other. So they respect that about each other. 
So I really, I love watching him and Ryan battle um, just because I know that respect is there for each other. So it makes me feel a little better, even though they race each other really hard. I'm like, okay, it'll be all right. Like they, they have worked it out before they'll work it out like on the track again. And then Jared is just, he's always been a very clean driver. So it makes me, I'm a little more at ease when he's also like around Jared and racing Jared, just because I know that again, that same like mutual respect is there and that they'll both like race each other clean. Uh, Least comfortable. Ooh, um, I have my opinions, but I think I'm going to keep <laughs> keep those to <laughs> myself. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, well, we'll let that we'll let the least comfortable be then. But I think it's I think it's really funny that you said Mayfield because uh, Mayfield was on Megan's least comfortable list. <laughs> It's funny how that works, isn't it? <laughs> it is. So it's interesting to hear her answer in comparison to your answer because Mayfield, you're saying, is actually someone who you feel really comfortable with Dakota <laughs> racing around. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, honestly, I get nervous when he's around anybody, but yeah, I feel pretty okay when they're around each other. So what do you think is Dakota's biggest accomplishment in RC racing? He's had a ton of success. I mean, the amount of wins, TQs, podiums, I wouldn't even be able to come close to naming them all. But it's okay if you pick a couple, too. What do you think is Dakota's biggest accomplishment? Um, I feel like the typical answer is second at Worlds um, in Slovakia this past year. But... That is, like, of course, that is definitely, like, one of his biggest accomplishments. But I think one that I see, um, especially just kind of being behind the scenes, um, is just his ability to adapt to any, like, problem that's thrown at him um, and just different kinds of track con- like track conditions and stuff. Just the way of, that he adapts, and he adapts so quickly is it just mind boggles to me. Like I look at that and I'm like, wow, that is just such an accomplishment that you like are able to do that. That's awesome. So what is the hardest thing about Dakota being a professional RC car driver? Uh, The time away from family and um, just myself is definitely a really hard thing um, to deal with, with him being um, at the level that he's at. But also just trying to plan things um, like family events and missing like birthdays and anniversaries and stuff like that is always it's always really hard um, to look at that and have to like try to figure out how to deal with that throughout the year. That is completely understandable. I mean, at the end of the day, RC racing does happen mostly on the weekends, so Especially when you're at the professional level, you're talking about a lot of weekends being gone or ate up that you potentially can't attend, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, my husband and I do it together. So some of those events we can celebrate at the track like PNB. We celebrated our fifth anniversary at (laughs) PNB. Yes, you did. Um, Congratulations on that again. But I remember you telling me that. That's so awesome. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
But kind of just to follow up with that, we asked Megan about this too. What do you say, especially when people who you maybe haven't met before and you're talking about what you or Dakota does for a living, what do you say when people ask you what Dakota does? And does any reaction ever annoy you? Like people don't ever take it seriously that he is a true professional at this level in this hobby. Um, Just kind of speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I get asked often um, what my husband does for a living. I go about it two different ways. It depends how well I know the person. If I don't know the, the person very well, then I go with the answer of like, oh, my husband's a professional race car driver. It normally gets followed up with like, oh, what kind of cars does he drive? And I'm like, oh, you know, electric ones. Sometimes <laughs> he'll run gas ones. <laughs> and I, I try to go about it that way. Um, but most of the time it ends with just like, oh, yeah, my husband races prof- like professionally RC cars for a living. Um, and I think it's it's really, it's very annoying when people look at you with that look of like, oh, okay, your husband's like is kind of a loser like I'm like no like if you if you truly knew what he did and what he can do it is like it's it's mind-blowing it's insane what he can do and I think it's really frustrating when people don't get it and I understand it's hard if they aren't in the like if they aren't in it and they don't know then it does it sounds a little funny when you say like oh yeah my husband races RC cars for a living I get it, but it is. It's very hard knowing all like the time and the effort and the hard work and stuff that goes into it. And I'm like, nah, if you only knew. <laughs> it's why though that I had actually have a very positive opinion about what RCGP is trying to do. And I'm not meaning to dip into RCGP too much, but I feel like their whole idea is that they're trying to just bring that awareness to the type of motorsport as Keenan White would call it (laughs) that we do because I mean you watch events like Supercross or NASCAR I just watched the Indy 500 and yes those are drivers in the car but I mean they still attract race fans at the end of the day because they have so much coverage. I feel like if what RCGP is trying to do is bring more awareness and coverage to that type of racing. I mean, you can watch drone racing on ESPN um, on any given day. Sometimes you'll watch three, four, five guys battle through a drone course. You know, to me, it's no different than that. So why can we not get RC car racing more of that kind of coverage. So I think what they're trying to do there is um, actually a really positive thing, trying to promote it to be at that level because it really does take a lot to be a professional in the sport. And, you know, the first thing is talent, of course, but obviously it takes a lot of time, dedication, hard work, all of those things. I mean, I can barely, I mean, I realize that I have a full-time job too, but half the time I can barely get my car ready for the next weekend running nitro. So I fully understand how much work it takes, but um, just the talent, to be that talented. I love, love, love watching the 
pro guys race like Dakota, Jared, the more the merrier because those races, watching those races, really, like you said, what they can do is unbelievable. Those guys will catch stuff that I'm like, what the heck? I would have been on my lid for like 15 seconds and they just whipped the wheel and kept going and kept digging. I was like, all right. I mean, I've watched Dakota. We grew up together since we were really little. So, I mean, I've seen Dakota race so many times, so many times. And I still, like, to this day, watch him. And I'm just, it's cool. Like, it's so cool to see what they can do and how they do it. And I'm like, that's impossible. I don't know how that just happened, but it did. And it's it's really cool to be able to still get those, like, butterfly feelings inside, like, watching him run and be like, man. I thought that like this race was my favorite watching you, but then you just did this and now I'm even more amazed. Like it's, it's cool that I like still experience that. And I think most people do like watching any of the pros. It is, it's crazy that they can race at the level that they race at. I have just as much fun picking someone at the races that I want to win as I do watching the NASCAR races, like NASCAR races. I'm watching Kyle Busch. Like, Kyle Busch is my favorite driver, but any race that I'm at, especially when the pros are racing, I'll pick someone in that moment who I'm like, okay, I'm going to follow them, root for them this race. Um, Nine times out of 10, I'm probably picking an underdog, which especially recently is probably not Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) Dakota is always fighting for the win, but I love a good underdog story because um, I feel like I am one of them in RC, so... You know, oftentimes in the in the regional pro classes or in the open class, you're like, eh, she's going to have a good day, but I don't know if I'd pick her for the win. So I'm always about a good underdog story. Oh, yeah, 100%. It takes, you know, it takes all levels. It really does. You have to start somewhere before you can make it to the top. And it's, it is. It's really cool to see those underdog stories because, like, you may have watched them two years ago. And they were in like the DC main and then you watch them a couple years later and they're in the A battling with everybody else. And it's cool to like see like, oh, man, I used to like you were the underdog. I used to root for you and like, look where you're at now. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. So kind of just before we move on to PMB, just a little bit more about you personally at the track. When you're at the track, who's your favorite person to hang out with? Ooh, I don't know if I could pick just one. I honestly, I love going to the track and hanging out with everybody. Um, Yeah, I don't know if I could pick one person. It would be hard for me to pick one person, too, because there's a whole group of people who I just love to travel with. So I understand that answer. Yeah, for sure. Um, What has been your favorite track or place to travel to? Probably probably my own track like going home to state line is one of my favorite and was my favorite place to travel to and to go race at um I think it's just the atmosphere and knowing that like I don't know it's my it's my own track so I like going there um probably the most but if I had to pick somewhere um would probably be I love nitro challenge I love the atmosphere of nitro challenge I love the it's just, it's a race that has, like, a bigger feeling to it. And so I really enjoy Nitro Challenge. 
It's on it's on my bucket list. I've said that probably 20 times before, but it's in February and it's really hard for me to, to call off school and tell my principal yeah, that I can't go to work in February. <laughs> yeah, it definitely it changes. It's had a different feel. Um, last year was my first year going when it was in California since they moved it um, from Arizona. And I definitely like the Arizona feel better than I do the California feel. Um, just the facility that it was held at in Arizona, just the, there was like rock crawling tracks and fifth scale tracks and drone racing. Like there was like every kind of like RC racing at that one track during the race. And I think that it just made it like this huge event. Um, and it just gave it a different feel. California, it's still great. It's still Nitro Challenge, but it definitely has a different feel than it did when it was in Arizona. All right, cool. So we're going to move on to PNB because both you and I were at PNB and we have not got to talk about it on the podcast since we raced there. So we're going to take a second to talk about PNB. There's obviously a lot for you to talk about, especially one, because you were there, but two, Dakota had an enormous amount of success at that race. So what I want you to take a second to do is just give us a rundown of your P&B experience and just kind of yours and Dakota's P&B weekend because there is a lot of success to celebrate in there. <laughs> there is. Um, it was kind of a bittersweet race. It was the first race back um, in a couple months. It was the longest that Dakota's ever not raced in his whole life. Um, so it was a little nerve wracking going into it, just being like, oh man, okay, we're back to racing. You know, let's see what happens here. Um, it was also the first race that we drove to together. Um, we normally fly everywhere, um, but with everything kind of going on, it wasn't an option. So, you know, we were fortunate enough to borrow his parents' truck and Dakota's old, like, old RC trailer that he had when he was younger. Um, and we left on Wednesday for our first race back. Um, got there, got everything unloaded and set up, and practice starts at PMB. You know, it's the 24-hour practice, so sleep is definitely not not a thing <laughs> when you can get it you definitely cherish it um but yeah he practiced everything was feeling good um mains came around he was in the a for all of them um up front and um you know he got the win in nitro truggy which was a huge accomplishment in his own um dakota's kind of had a rough couple years with nitro um and just kind of eight scale period um so it was really cool and really just like a good moment for the whole team when Dakota was able to take away the win at Nitro Truggy and E-Buggy yeah so he had a super good weekend winning both of those classes um there was no shortage of pros at this event too so it's worth mentioning that the competition was just as good as it ever was and he was able to perform throughout the entire weekend in every class that he was running. Yeah, you know, it's hard because everybody else is kind of in the same boat with not having to gone to any races and, 
you know, everybody being off for so long that you kind of, you didn't know what to expect and who was, you know, where everybody was going to be like on level wise, were people going to struggle because they haven't run as much or were people going to be just like on fire because they missed it and they have that passion, you know, just to go get it and want to win it. And it was, yeah, it was a interesting, but great first weekend back to racing. So how were you involved in the race since you were there? Was there anything in the pits that you were responsible doing for Coda? And then um, also during the race, Nitro especially, were you the one who was actually pitting Dakota and calling him in? So at that race, um, due to situations, you could only have one person in pit lane um, to pit you throughout the whole race. I normally would be the second person there. I'm normally the person who fuels Dakota at races, but I'm not, I'm definitely not at the point where I can pit him by myself without having another set of hands there. Um, So I mainly helped out with um, practices and heat races. Um, I would be the one, you know, bringing Dakota up and getting his car started and fueled and all that jazz. Um, But as far as the actual main, Um, We have a great friend, Mike Sontag, who um, is excellent at pitting one-handed and was able to um, pit Dakota during those races and come out with a win um, in Truggy. It's really hard for me when Dave pits me, he can grab the front of my car with one arm and put it on the shelf while fueling me with the other. It's really I just flat out do not have the arm strength when I'm pitting him to grab the front of his car with just one arm. I will never get the car up on the rail. I don't care what kind of pit road it is. So I have to grab the car with two hands and then fuel it. So I understand <laughs> I understand what you're saying because I have tried and tried to practice it that way and it's just it just doesn't work for me. I've got it figure it out to how I can try to do it somewhat fast even though I have to hold the wing too um as far as where I hold my hand but I completely understand what you're saying yeah, the cars are they're a lot heavier than people think they are and so it is it's really hard to get like one-handed get it up there I mean I could probably do it it wouldn't look very pretty and it would definitely be really slow <laughs> But if I had to, I could probably figure out a way on how to make it work. I also have to say that I was super jealous because um, obviously Dave and I were both racing. We both had two classes. I had Nitro Buggy and Nitro Truggy, and then he had Nitro Buggy and E-Buggy. And so both of my classes were Nitro. So when I was practicing... If I was waiting in line, I kind of needed a pit person to let me down. Um, But he was trying to practice, too. And so there are many times where I saw you standing in line and I was just like, man, I'm really jealous right now (laughs) that I don't have someone to help me with that. Yeah, you know, I, I forget about that. But I am. I am always the designated standing in line girl (laughs) it's one of the jobs that's definitely not my favorite but you know we can't love everything we do (laughs) and it's helpful it is really helpful for him to not have to stand in line for I mean at some points it was like 30 minutes long 30 40 minutes long um so at that time like 
I can do that for him and he can, you know, be gluing up tires or, you know, wrenching and doing what he needs to do. So, yeah, no, it's definitely not. It's not fun to stand in line and hold radios, but, you know, if it help, if it's helpful and, you know, he's able to get done more stuff than he needs to get done, then I'll sacrifice. I just like the fact that he for sure had someone to set him down, even when you did pass the controller <laughs> off to him. Because if Dave was yeah. waiting in line with me, then I'm like, well, I'm running two nitro cars. So who the heck is letting my car down if he's waiting in line trying to race himself? Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's handy. It's it's very handy for sure. So in your opinion, what was the best part of P&B? Oh, man. Um... Probably his Nitro Truggy win, just being there for that moment and being able to like celebrate with the team and celebrate with Dakota. Um, I that was probably my favorite moment. Kind of to follow up with that, what is it like being able to pit or watch Dakota race live, like actually being there and watching the races in the arena? I'm so much more calm when I'm watching live. <laughs> The I hate watching Dakota run when I'm not there. Like if I'm having to watch from home because I'm working that week or whatever, it's definitely a lot more stressful because I feel like I'm not like not that I can help the situation being at the bottom of pit lane or being on the sidelines, but there's just something about being there that I feel more like in control of the situation on what happens that it am a lot more at ease watching um in person than i am at home from the computer and um i'm gonna pass off the mic anyways with this last question but i'm also i know Mackenzie and derek that you weren't at pmb but i feel like you can still give us your thoughts on this um chloe i'm gonna ask you first though what are your thoughts on the pmb schedule because it's a pretty unique schedule it is really unique. Um, I think that's kind of what makes PMB what it is, is having that like 24 hour race program. Um, I like it and I don't like it. I like it for the fact that it is different from all the races, but I'm also a person who really loves their sleep. And so when I don't get my sleep, I become a little, a little cranky. Um, so I think that's the one thing that I'm like, oh, it's like a love hate thing. It's really cool because it's different from other races, but then the lack of sleep is not enjoyable. <laughs> I completely agree. I think a love hate relationship is a great way to describe it because when I finish PMB, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not coming back next year. I can't do it again. I can't do it. But then, I mean, five years later, I've been back every single year. So for whatever reason, the uniqueness of PNB is like, oh, gosh, I feel like I have FOMO. Like, I can't miss it. I have a fear of missing out on it, even though it is a crazy amount of sleep. <laughs> but yeah, for, I, think I was just going to say for this year, I ran open and they always put the pro guys in the middle, which I get. I totally understand. They're the pros like. I'm all for that. But they flip-flop between whether open goes first and it goes open pro sportsman or whether sportsman goes first and it is sportsman pro open. So open was first, and it was nice. Like, it was actually really doable this year because open 
we raced really early in the morning. I was race one, so I was six o'clock in the morning. But we were done by like nine o'clock at night, and the poor sportsman guys were still racing till like three, four. I don't know, maybe five o'clock in the morning, and I was just oh. chilling in my hotel. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's not me this year. Yeah, I think I was the same way. So I went that one year when I met McKenzie. Um, I honestly don't even know if I remember what year that was. It was probably like 2016, 2017, something around there. And then I told Dakota, I'm like, okay, I'm never going to this race again. Like, this race is not for me. You're going to have to go do this one on your own. And then this year it kind of came around and it was the first race back. And I mean, at that point, we didn't know if it was going to be the only race this year. So I was like, okay, I can't miss out. Like, I got to go with you. I have to be there just to watch you race this year. Um, And I'm so glad I went because I had a great time. I really did. It was great seeing people. It was great watching Dakota, you know, and to be there for that special win. And I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't miss out this year. And I'm already thinking about next year, like, hmm, do I want to go again? Or is this going to be that race where I'm like, nah, you go, I'll be home. (laughs) I understand. I say it every year as well. And with that, I'm going to pass off the mic. Derek McKenzie, if you have any thoughts on the PMB schedule, take us into Wicked Weekend. Uh, Well, on the, for sure on the PMB schedule, um, again, I did miss this year. I've been to the past three. I'm, I'm kind of a rookie compared to you, Chloe, I guess, in terms of RC. I've only started back in 2014. Um, it was almost by accident, really. So uh, I saw a friend, he had an RC car, and I was like, boy, if I'm going to spend some money, I want to try to do some racing. And then, you know, here I am now. But uh, it's been it, – that schedule is um, – I'm, I'm the same way as you guys. It, it's I keep telling myself I don't want to go back because because of the schedule, but you almost have to go because, of this, you know, this race, you, you, you want to see the pros. You want to get to run against the good competition you know, the big tracks and everything like that. And it's a, it's a good race to, 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 to race really hard at, I think, you know, with some good competition to really see where you're at. And so, uh, unfortunately I had some, uh, just some personal things. I just couldn't make it this year. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't envy those that have to stay up late like that. Um, fortunately enough, um, the years I did go for some reason, I ran the pro classes. So I would always be in the middle except for like E-Truggy, which was uh, considered open all the time. And, uh, it was late one time and, just like you, Katie. I mean, I got home at seven o'clock in the morning, showered, and went right to work the next day or that day. Oh, so, I, um, yeah, the schedule the schedule is not a is not a is not a favorable thing, but just the racing atmosphere of it is is something that is really fun to be in. Yeah, I feel like everybody has to experience PMB at least once. Like mm-hmm. you, it has, it has to be one of those races that are definitely on. I think a lot of people's bucket list, just to like even for the the excitement of man i i had to stay up till 3 a.m and i raced my race at 4 a.m like you aren't gonna hear about that anywhere else but no. me. and so i think even just for like the stories of having to race so late at night and around the clock i think is definitely worth it for one time <laughs> at least once <laughs> yeah, at least once for sure all right well then you, Mackenzie, do you want to say anything about the PMB, or you want me to jump into some Wicked Weekend action? Um, yeah, I think y'all pretty much covered mainly what I was going to say, but I think, like, uh, like Chloe and, like, all of you said, really, I feel like that's kind of the psycho, like, the name psycho. Like, when people hear psycho, that's what they think of. They think of, like, the 24-hour practice. They think of, like, the no sleep and, and the Monday morning, like, hangover that you have for, like, not having any sleep, but I think that's just kind of what makes what makes the event so fun, and I think, too, like, I like how 
race time kind of does the the off like the off schedule or it's kind of like just like the the fun parts of like the race like the the pictures with the monsters and like the things like that just kind of makes the event more fun and kind of kind of friendly and you can hang out with people too a lot more with the fact that you have a lot of time in between races so I think that just that's just what makes psycho psycho so so um I guess I'm a couple questions about wicked uh, for you Chloe and uh, Katie actually touched on one a little bit here but I'll draw some similarities the best I can so I guess you you did you did say a little bit about it because you were at psycho versus wicked but how did you, how did the experience really differ for you? You know, just being seeing that you were there, saw the success at PMB, and then there was no short of success at Wicked either um, with the way he was running. So you know, is, is it still that you were you know you're uh, you're, you're gritting your teeth, or you know you're not you're not you're yelling at the TV screen, or what's it what's it like for you at home when you get to see you know the race like that at Wicked? Yeah, it's it's always really hard staying home from a race. Um, but I can't go to all of them. It's really hard. Races are, they're like normally four to five day events with travel and stuff like that. So it does, it makes it really hard um, for me to take that much time off work. Um, but it is, it's it's different. It's a completely different experience. Um, when Dakota's at the track and I'm staying home that weekend, he's really like, he's focused and I can't, like, if I'm at the track, I can be there and I know what's going on and I can help out. But when I'm at home, it's just kind of like, we'll talk in the morning and then racing's all day. And so I normally will get a couple text messages like, oh, hey, I'm up in five. Like, that way I can watch um, his races and stuff. But watching them on a computer versus watching them in person is very different. Um, we are really lucky and fortunate to have um, live RC and like formats for like us at home to be able to watch um, our spouses mm -hmm. or boyfriends or family in a race. But it's it's definitely different. And I'm a lot more nervous watching the computer screen than I am in person. <laughs> I think a lot of that's probably because I'm by my, it's like just me and my dog. So I, I like can allow myself to like get into it more and to be nervous versus like if I'm in a huge arena with a bunch of people, sure. I don't want to be standing there yelling, acting like a fool <laughs> and let people see that side. So I definitely do not enjoy watching from home. <laughs> well, it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, I, uh, I, I marshaled the last race for him in, in uh, I think it was e-buggy there, and, uh, and he was about to secure it all, and I think actually Mayfield ended up, I think Mayfield got him there, because he would have had the three then, if I'm not mistaken, so he, uh, it was, it was for a lot of fun, I, only, I think I had to marshal him once, actually, he flipped right, right behind me one time, and that might have been the only mistake, I think, other than that, I mean, it's so much fun watching Dakota, I mean, it's, and, uh, you know, it's a lot of what you've said already about some of the things that they can do, or, you know, he can do on the track, and, He's always one of the guys that I've always tell people, I said, I think Dakota's always the fastest. He's one of the fastest in any time, in any race. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch it. So, um, but I can only imagine, yeah, watching at home and the dog's probably like, woman, calm down. Yeah. He's in first. Yeah. Relax, you know? yelling, like right. he's running around the house trying to figure out like what's wrong or what's happening. I'm like, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I normally also, when I watch at home, I won't watch video. I like only watch timing and scoring. Oh, okay. um, so I never, 
I never really know when he bobbles unless I see like the lap times and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just it's too much to watch video and lap time. So I pretty much just have the lap times up on my phone and I kind of just watch from there. Yeah, I guess you guys you kind of already answered the next question there about um I guess how do you stay in the know, you know? How do you how do you stay up to date with everything and how he's feeling and everything like that? But you know, it sounds like you have a little bit of communication with him. Um is there anybody else at the track like Sontag? I mean or anybody else that touches base with you or any that just says, Hey, this is what's going on. This is how he's feeling. Hey, you need to talk to him getting, he's getting in his head right now or calm him down or anything like that. Yeah. So I do, I always figure out who's going to the race and who's going to be like my inside source for what's going on. <laughs> A spot. I never yeah. want to, I never want to ask Dakota outright. Cause I know that like, I don't know. I just don't want him to like have to relive it or rethink about it. Mm-hmm. Or anything like that. So I always find a little person or a friend who's there who can like give me the inside source on what's going on. Um, sometimes it's Tyler Hooks, sometimes it's you know Mike Sontag or even Thomas Tran. I just I try to find different people, different places <laughs> to to get the information that I need to get. But Dakota's really good about he always texts me before his race. So that way I know, you know, when he's up and make sure I'm watching. And, um, he's always very good about calling at night before he goes to bed. And then we just kind of have like a little race recap on what happened that day. And, you know, we talk through if there's stuff that he's like, man, I don't know if I want this or this, then it's just, it's, I'm an ear for him to talk to without having an opinion on what I think needs to happen. Um, I think that's always really nice for him just to have that that open ear to listen. So I um I also want to mention since we're on Wicked Weekend and I'm gonna throw this out to Mackenzie and Derek as well. Um Chloe, you can answer first if you want to answer first because you're very familiar with this race time entertainment events. But Wicked Weekend was super unique this year. It was unique in the fact that we could not have it at the normal venue in Georgia. Um, so they actually moved it to SNB which was in Piedmont, South Carolina, for the first time ever, they had it completely outdoors. So there wasn't the normal, typical awning that there is when we go to Georgia. And it was just straight outdoor racing. So just kind of, Chloe, if you can speak to what Dakota said at all about that race being sort of different than it normally is. And then Mackenzie and Derek, I just want to get your thoughts as well as what you felt um, about Wicked Weekend being at SMB because that's never happened before. Yeah, so this was actually the first time that Dakota's ever been able to go to Wicked Weekend. So he has not experienced the old Wicked Weekend that used to be in Georgia. Um, his first experience was this one. Um, so I don't really know if I have anything to comment as far as like what he liked better or what he liked worse um with this being his first time at that event i think um it was very different having um the race at smb i think the track crew and race Home entertainment crew did a really good job um so with all the weather that we received over the past three or four days of that event um it did make it a little bit difficult because the 
old venue did have the awning. So if it did rain or we did experience any uh, severe weather, the awning did kind of help with that. Um, the track never really received much water or anything like that. Whereas at SMB, we received plenty of water throughout the weekend. Um, but I think the crew did a really good job. And it was really interesting to have um, a race time entertainment event fully outside and outdoors. Um, but I think it was it was a lot of fun. And I, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, um, for me, uh, there's a couple of things that made it really good. That, um, well, first of all, WIC is my favorite race time event, really, of all. It's, it's a bit less in terms of attendance than, uh, than PNB. And so it makes the days a little bit better. Uh, not so much of a break. Uh, still a long break between classes and things like that. But, uh, but it, you still, um, it's not as many people, so that, I mean, your entries. So that's always better for me in, in terms of the way I like to. The, the race more but uh having it outside it's at piedmont or at uh, smb was also good because it meant it was also uh, two hours closer so um in terms of uh, back and forth four hours overall driving which is another, another good thing so uh but yeah it did have the fear i think the weather and uh you know definitely drove a lot of you know people away which in the end it didn't end up making it terrible it was around 250 entries so i enjoyed that aspect of it i don't I almost contemplated running three classes, but because there was only 250, I said, eh, maybe I might feel a little rushed. So I kind of just concentrated on two. And um, it was really a good weekend, uh, minus, you know, the rain in that. It was, we don't typically run those tires. I'm, uh, Mackenzie, Katie, and I, we, we run that track often, I'd say. And uh, compared, to, compared to Dakota being there once or maybe, and, um, you know, other drivers who don't, who come in just only for big races, is that we had a different tire selection that we've, really would never really go to it seems uh i usually go down there with a lot of the media or uh, soft long wear to like a like a harder tire than that or a medium tire and i was kind of scrambling to glue up some uh super soft tires because of the rain and the way the track was and and then they threw that little curveball by putting sugar on the track on for sunday there and they all of a sudden it gripped up so uh it was a cool it was a cool race i i didn't mind the attendance uh, the way it was um i thought it was still really good competition uh, again, seeing the the list of the pros there was was still fun. Um, watching those guys run was still great. And again, it's it's my favorite race of the race time event, so I uh, I enjoyed it. So funny story about tires is one just general comment. Dave and I have a serious tire problem. Like we have a ridiculous amount of tires and we'll go to a race and be like man i wish i had that tire like how we don't have every tire that proline sells i mean is beyond me because there's got to be at this point now we have four different boxes of tires it used to just be two one for long wear one for um soft compounds now it's like we got a whole clay box, we got a truggy box, we got a longware, we got a software. Actually, there might be five boxes now that I'm thinking about it. So we have a tire problem for one. But for two, I felt like we were definitely going to be ahead of the game on the tire game. Because like Derek said, Mackenzie, Derek, and I, all three of us have run there a bunch. And we are super familiar with how that track um with how that track grips up and what exactly it does. Um, originally, when the race was going to be in Georgia, I or made a huge order with Proline for a bunch of soft tires because I was like, eh, P&B, we're on like M3s by the end of the weekend. And then kind of same thing with Wicked Weekend because it's covered. 
So I had all these soft tires, and then it got switched to S&B, and I was like, oh, crap, we need some long wear tires because I've ran at S&B before. And the last time, the race before Wicked Weekend, Dave and I had a practice day. Dave practiced with S1 Buckshots, and he absolutely loved them. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, we need some long wear tires now. So I uh, make another order because for whatever reason, we have a million long wear tires in our box and I still don't think we have enough long wear tires. So I make another long wear order and I'm like, man, Dave, like this is a lot of tires. Like, I don't even know how we can travel with all these tires. So I leave some of my soft tires at home. I have like one or two sets in case I need to glue them up. And then we were on the daggum soft tires the almost the entire weekend. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot win. <laughs> yeah, that's where it goes. That's, um, Dakota, when he most like being normally like flying to races and stuff, he can't bring that many tires with him just due to like weight and having to pack other stuff. Um, so we normally just you know Jason will be there and he can get tires that way. But now that he's starting to kind of drive to races, I'm starting to see his packing and it's changing quite a bit um I think (laughs) I unloaded the trailer with him yesterday and I grabbed all the tire boxes and then there was one and then there was two and then there was three and I'm like what or like what is all of this like why do you have all of these boxes and he's like oh you know they're all tires and he's like I can bring what I want now I'm like oh man I'm like okay I'm like, did you use any of these? He's like, you know, just a few pairs. But then Jason and them are always there. So then he can just get tires from them. I'm like, why did you pack all of these? Like, why why did you take these with you? <laughs> you never know what tires. You don't know, like, what you're going to need, what's going to change. It is definitely one of those things that I think is really easy to overpack. It's a it's a serious problem for us, especially because it feels like we're always going to a different track. So, like, if we're not going to the same track and we don't kind of have any background knowledge about it, it's like, well, okay, we need every compound, every tread. So, yeah, but um, I do think that the S&B and Race Time crew both did a phenomenal job. The race ended up being an awesome weekend. There was plenty of time for us to race get all the racing in, rain regardless. Um, The rain, yes, it did rain, but it was really no issue for them. They did a phenomenal job at getting the track back running no matter how many times it rained. And honestly, it really did not take that long for the track to come around once it did rain. Um, It was maybe one or two races and you you were good to go, just stay in the groove and it was good. And really by the end of the Uh, By the end of the day on Sunday, it was pretty gripped up. I mean, people were starting to look at long wear tires again. So um, track crew did a great job. Race time entertainment did a great job. It was a fun race. Um, But just before we move on from Wicked Weekend, Chloe, Derek, and Mackenzie, you all had, Chloe, I'm saying you as in Dakota, you all had great weekends at Wicked. So just talk about your weekend before we move on to the listener questions. Um, Chloe, just kind of how did Dakota feel about the weekend? Like when you talked to him or you were able to catch up with him after the race, was he satisfied with the weekend in his, you know, in his mind? Was it a good weekend? Was there anything that he said, you know, he was frustrated or kind of like, eh, about, or was he like, yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm good with that weekend. 
Yeah. Um, I think overall he was really happy and like pretty content with like his finishes and stuff. You know, he always wants to like win all three and just get, make that like clean sweep. Um, and he didn't quite get it in Nitro Buggy. Um, just missed it. Um, but he's talking, I think he said he picked the wrong tires. Um, the sugar kind of threw, I think it kind of threw everybody for a loop on Sunday. Um, kind of just starting over in a sense on like, okay, what tires do we need? Like, where do we go from here? Um, but I think overall he was really, he was really content with how the weekend went. Derek, do you want to go first or do you want me to go ahead and? No, go ahead, Daryl. I'll see. I'll see what if you say that I got into you then that nitro race or not. We'll we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, go so, ahead. No, go ahead. So, um, yeah, I think Wicked Weekend, like uh, we all kind of talked about, it was a bit different than like normal. But I will say, I think, I think the crew did a really good job um, with everything, and I had a really good time. Um, so this was technically my first big race with HB. So I was really hoping that I could bring home some good results. Um, I ended up qualifying BQ for my nitro buggy. I had some really good qualifiers and nitro buggy, but I think, uh, everyone, Derek and Katie, I think both, um, the open class was pretty stacked. So it was definitely pretty hard to uh, keep up with everybody, but I ended up qualifying 13th and then they took 12 and they decided to bump three. So I ended up being BQ in nitro buggy and I had a super good run, my B main. I wrecked one time, and then that ended up uh, costing me the bump spot. So I was a little disappointed with that, but I knew my car was great. I just have to eliminate some mistakes. And then Truggy main, um, I started, I believe, I want to say seventh or eighth. I was I qualified right behind Katie in Truggy, um, and I think I ended up finishing sixth, and I was about two seconds from a podium finish. So... All in all, it was a good weekend. There was a little bit of disappointment because I was super close to a bump into a podium. But all in all, I thought it went pretty well. I had a, I had a great time. Uh, my cars were good. So just have to eliminate some mistakes. But all in all, had a lot of fun. So Yeah, for, uh, for me, this uh, Wicked, I ran uh, e-buggy and uh, uh, nitro buggy and I have typically at the race time events run the pro class for again, for some odd reason. Um, and, and, uh, and I decided to kind of go down to the open class because I, the, the truth about it is, I mean, I just couldn't hang with the pros at all. So, and I was literally bringing up the rear in the, in the mains the last couple of years. And so I was like, well, let me just get you know, back to, you know, hopefully, and, and I don't mean by anything, but like the people who are my skill level. Right. So um, that, that was kind of like the big move there for me this year was to try something new there. But um E-Buggy was good for me. I uh, had a really good first qualifier, and um, a second one, I, uh, I took some chances on some stuff, and uh, I think I ended up, I think I was, I think I was like uh, fourth overall in the first one, and then the second one, I was like, I, I had maybe dropped to like a eighth overall, and then I came back and ended up fifth overall in the end for uh, uh, qualifying for, for E-Buggy, and then for Nitro Buggy, I was really excited. My Nitro car was really coming around, a lot of help from some teammates, uh, with DJ Hepler and Marlo Brighton, these guys that are really helping and um, getting my car right, and uh, and I was able to I was able to TQ my heat in Nitro Buggy, which put me fourth overall in the first round. So I was I was going in there with a lot of confidence, and um, and then the second one I had a, made a few bobbles and things like that there, and I I think I was I think actually it was a twenty second overall. So but they still put me tenth overall, so I was still feeling okay, and then 
and the third one there, I, I made a, I had a bad wreck, flipped in a bad spot, and uh, by the time the marshal got to me, it, it was my, I mean, again, my fault. I'm upside down. I ended up flaming out, so I just um, just pulled it off there. So it put me 15th overall um, as you, in the B main, and I was two spots behind McKenzie there. So um, that was a lot of fun. So the B main first for Nitro, I got out to a good start. I was McKenzie and I, we ran nose to tail for the longest time, almost to the first pit stop, if I can remember correctly, and. And, you know, we were just taking our time to staying out in front. And, um, you know, there was really no need for us to get aggressive because we were we kept we kept a pretty good lead. And um, I think there was one time you know, maybe I dove hard. And I think we bumped. But I don't I think it was a race. Niche. I don't think I ever really got into it too hard. But I think we touched oh, at one sure, point. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I and I uh, for sure would have, I think, waited to think it was bad or anything. like that. But I think we had a racing issue. I mean, just a racing bump. And um, but I was really. Um, I w- it was a lot of fun. You know, one of the funnest things I have with racing in general is being able to actually race with somebody for a long time. And, uh, and so that beginning of that race there, you know, being able to stay right, you know, great right close to you and being, you know, we were staying ahead of third, you know, we were one and two and it was really good there. And, uh, but, uh, in the end though, like you said, you know, some things happened, uh, after the pit stops and all that, I got, I shook back to fifth and then I came back up, I think at one point and I, uh, I ended up finishing third. So I got the final bump spot in nitro. Um, and then in the main, uh, I started 15, so I started last in the A and then, uh, I lost, I started losing a right front tire and I'm not going to blame it on this, but it, it played with my head a lot for the whole race. And I was like, man, do I change it? Do I not? And, and I tried to change it early on. And so, but I was able to come up from 15th and ninth. Um, I think the car was pretty good. I, I think I was in my head a little bit there, but, uh, other than that, it was a good race in nitro and then e-buggy was where my disappointment was in the weekend. Again, I started fifth. And the first race, uh, got into some trouble and ended up with a 12th over, uh, 12th in that race. And then, um, really the same thing in the, in the A2 where I just, I didn't get a, a great start and then I got shuffled back. And as I was trying to fight my way back up through, yeah, I, I, I got caught in a little bit of a, a scuffle with another uh, car. And, and then I, I did have a really bad flip that actually, I flipped where the battery actually must've hit a certain way where it actually moved and it came unplugged. So I actually had a DNF technically on um, about two minutes to go in the e-buggy. So actually I ended up finishing last overall in e-buggy when it was all said and done. So that was pretty disappointing for me. Um, I was really, really upset about it. I mean, cause again, just like anybody, I think that goes racing, you go to win and you go to run well and, and that didn't happen. And especially when I felt like I had an opportunity to make something happen. And, but it was still, it was still fun. Um, I won't say that I wasn't, I'm not upset, but uh, it was a good weekend. I think the nitro is getting where I, I'd like it to be. And uh, you know, for, the races around here and things and uh again e-buggy i just gotta I learn to drive a little bit better on the summer of the high bite and stay out of trouble so i was super pumped for wicked weekend especially since it got changed to smb because i felt like i'd have somewhat of an advantage having raced at smb so much and just being familiar with the track and the dirt i know and understand that it was a different layout than i've raced on before um but i thought i'd be one step ahead of the game with that but i had my fair share of you know hiccups so to speak but i feel like i finished exactly how you would expect me to finish i definitely felt like i had more in me though and so that's why i'm a little bit bummed because I was so excited and thought I had a pretty good shot at um, both A mains this weekend. So that's why I'm a little bit bummed about that. But in qualifying um, in Nitro Buggy, I was not able to finish the first qualifier. I didn't even make it a lap. 
Um, I got wrecked on the warm-up lap and my shock tower just completely shattered. But um, it was just kind of mentally hard to come back from that. So when you resort into the last heat, you're not really sure exactly how the fast guys in the B heat and the A heat are really going to uh, be in that round or if the track picked up any speed. So I find it hard for me to really push the car when I'm in that situation because I already had one really bad round. So um, I really just take a little bit too conservative of, a, of approach to that because I'm just trying to get a solid run in where I don't wreck. And both my second and third qualifiers were solid runs. I qualified 14th in both of them, which is right outside the A, so it was good. But I don't think that I fully reached my potential because it was hard for me to push it knowing that um, I couldn't have any kind of catastrophes happen again or any super long or bad wrecks because I already had one bad qualifier. And then um, I was in the B main for Nitro Buggy. I didn't bump to the A, but it was a super fun race. I once again, I feel like was just a little bit too conservative. So the leaders were right in front of me and even towards the end of the race, I was still getting information that the leaders were coming onto the front straight away when I was going down the double triple, or at least the bump spot for sure was. And um, so the leaders were within sight, but I was kind of just hanging around hoping they would make a mistake and just trying not to make a mistake myself. So I wasn't trying to push it. I was just trying to stay right there behind them, but it didn't really put me in a position to make a pass. So unfortunately, I didn't bump out of the B main. But in Nitro Truggy, I was super happy with my qualifying. I qualified seventh in the first qualifier, and then I had a top five in the third qualifier. I did have one DNF, but my seventh and fifth put me six overall in Truggy, so I was in a good position to make the podium. Um, in the main, it didn't exactly go my way, but I know for sure that I had the speed in Truggy, which is something that I was really proud of. I did a 32.8. The leader was doing a 32.1, and second place was doing like 32.4s. So I know that for sure my fast lap was around them, and um, I had the potential to be at that level. I had kind of two fluke things happen to me. Um, I tried to make a pass on the pitcher's mound, and when I did, I um, I rolled it, which was totally my fault. I totally understand that's my fault. Um, but the marshal kind of never got to me, so never noticed me right away. But um, by the time he did get to me, uh, when I was flipped over, it flamed out. Um, nothing wrong with the motor, just kind of one of those things. It took forever to get to me. I was trying to stay on the gas probably leaned out a little bit. Um, so yeah, that happened. And then I tried to um, make a comeback by stretching my fuel stops more than I probably could have. So I ran out of fuel. Um, again, I was just pushing it hard trying to get back into the top if I could. So I, I knew that was a risk, but you know, obviously it didn't pay out. So I had to get started again, but um, I finished 11th, all things considered. I wish I could have got hired because I know the Truggy that was good. Um, but thank you, Brent, for all the support this past weekend. Um, my Ultimate Engines were awesome in both my Buggy and my Truggy. I have all the power that I need, even in my Truggy, and I've been super happy with them. The other thing that we kind of want to move on to now is the listener question. So Mackenzie, take it away with the listener questions. 
All right, let's yes. hear them. All right, so we had quite a few. Um, the first one is from Benjamin James, and he wants to know, how did you meet Dakota? How did I meet Dakota? Um, so my family, you know, owned a track growing up, and the track happened to be um, about two and a half hours from where Dakota lived. Um, so his family came down to our track. Um, Dakota, if anybody knows him from when he was younger, was a very shy person. He's very quiet, very shy. Um, and I'm definitely the opposite. <laughs> I'm loud and I'm just, I'll talk to anybody. Um, but I grew up um, riding horses. And so um, had my horses in the backyard and Dakota, you know, kept kind of eyeballing them. And um, I don't know exactly who encouraged him, but somebody encouraged him to come over and like pet my horses and look at them. And um, so we kind of just like met at that point. Um, and then a friendship kind of just blossomed ever since then. I think we were probably... I don't know. We argue about this all the time. I don't know how old we actually were. It was somewhere between the age range of like nine and 11 um, when we first met each other. And then his family would just come down on the free weekends that they had and race at our track. And, you know, we would go up to his parents' house and spend weekends there. And um, we just kind of, you know, fell in love over the years. And Dated, started dating when we were um, 15, and then um, got married when we were 19, and, you know, been together ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so the next one is from Julia Van Dalen, and she actually had a couple questions, but the first one is, what was your favorite thing and your least favorite thing about being a track owner's daughter? Man, um, we'll start out with my least favorite thing my least favorite thing is probably um two things one when it rains having a completely outdoor track you know you put all the time and the effort in um getting it ready to go for the weekend and then you know mother nature happens and it rains and then you're just kind of you know out of luck if it's really bad and that's always really it's really hard and discouraging knowing like all the the time and the effort that got put into like getting the track ready just to have it rain and then you're done for the weekend um that's always really hard and then also just um criticism people can be very critical sometimes and having to like hear you know either somebody doesn't like the track or somebody had a bad experience um, it's really hard not to take it to heart when you hear stuff like that. Um, my favorite thing, um, just growing up at the track surrounded by like such good people, um, is something that I would never, you know, want to replace the, the bond that it gave, you know, me and my family, my mom and my dad and, um, just like other people around us always just having so many people um around you every single weekend is so great I love yeah, that part I love that you said that because I think I think um myself Katie and Derek can all agree that I think we've all made like some really good friendships and like the RC the RC friendships you make are like family so it's always fun mm -hmm. to see people at events and 
I lo- I just love that you said that. Yeah, That's no, fun. it's so true, you know. Having, I mean, we've had our outdoor, we had a carpet track when I was, like, four. And we had that till I was probably, like, six. And then we had the outdoor track state line um, all the way up until last year. So I've, you know, I've known, people have known me since I was four years old and have watched me grow up and get married. And, like, you know, they've watched all of those years just through having the track. Um and it's, you know, it's just friendships and family that, you know, you just can't, you can't replace. For sure. Okay, so the next one is also from Julia Van Dalen. And we heard you mention earlier about how you had a dog. And we want to know, how does your dog do around RC cars? Or how does he react to them? Oh, man. So, um, I actually, I got, he has three legs. He's a rescue dog. Um, he's from Louisiana originally, um, and then he lost his leg when he was a puppy and during the floods and then got brought up to Michigan. And that's kind of where I found him. Dakota and I were talking about getting a dog for quite a while. And then we always just were kind of back and forth. Like, no, you travel so much. Like we want to deal with a dog, but then I'm like, ah, I stay home a lot by myself. I want a dog. So he was away um, in England for a race, and I just kind of picked him up. <laughs> I went, I saw him, and I brought him home, and I was like, hey, we got a dog now. Dakota came home, and he's like, what did you do? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he kind of just became family ever since then. But we got him thinking that, like, cool, we'll have a track dog. We can take him down to, like, my parents' track in the summer, and it'll be great. Come to find out, our poor dog hates RC cars. <laughs> absolutely hates them. We've tried everything. We've tried just like setting one in the living room and we'll just like barely roll it and he just goes full on attack dog onto the car. So <laughs> our dream of an RC track dog was quickly smashed and he <laughs> has to go to um, grandma's house or, you know, dog sitters like all the time whenever we're gone <laughs> so it was, it was rough but we we keep trying like we'll try a couple of times a year we'll get one out and just kind of roll it and see what he does and it hasn't changed yet unfortunately <laughs> baby steps baby steps <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> okay so the next one is from eric everett and he wants to know when is chloe going to race I get asked that all the time. I, you know, like I said, I'm not like a big racer. I enjoy, like I have fun driving and stuff. Um, but when we go to big races, it's, I can't, I don't wrench on them that much. So it's really, it's like a lot for Dakota to have to like, not only do his own stuff, but then have to work on like all my cars as well. So I try not to race when I go to like big races with him because it's his job. So I let him just kind of, you know, focus on him and let him do like his thing. And then I'll sometimes race at like club races locally or stuff like that. But I think just because Eric has asked several times and I know that he normally goes to masters of dirt. So I don't know. Y'all might see Chloe race Masters of Dirt here coming up in, I think it's October. Um, We'll see. I've I've been thinking about it, though. That would be really cool to see. 
I love Masters of Dirt. Beach RC is a one of a kind facility. Shout out to Brent at Beach RC. Um, that's a lot of fun. So I look forward to watching you race there if you are. Yeah, yeah. Stay stay tuned. I'll I'll let y'all know if that comes to pass, but I am thinking about it. You heard it here first on Race Like a Girl. <laughs> <laughs> so the next question is from Linda Myers, and she wants to know, how do you think we can encourage more girls to participate in RC? Hey, that's my grandma. Um, <laughs> hi, grandma. <laughs> um, you know, it's really hard because RC is a very much, like, male, like, hobby or sport. Um so it's really it's really cool when you do get to see like females Indian like in the industry like you Katie and Mackenzie and um, there's a couple others out there that it's really it's really encouraging to see that. Um, but I think it's really it's intimidating for girls to you know come to these events and see all the guys and that there's not that many girls and they get some thinking like oh man maybe I shouldn't do this it's probably not for me. Um, but I think just when you are a female NRC, knowing that, like, you might not be, like, a pro or anything, but, like, there's a lot of girls who look to you and admire you and see you and be like, oh, man, that girl can do it? So can I. Like, so you are, like, have so much more influence than I think you, like, other women in RC realize they have. And that's really cool to hear, I think. I think Katie and I probably both like to hear stuff like that because you don't always realize like how much of an impact you can be on other people just looking in from whether it be like a wife or whether it be you know a daughter of somebody at the track um you don't really realize I guess how many people are looking up to you or watching you and saying like hey you know maybe I can do that too um now that I've seen someone else that is a girl like that's doing it also so I think that's really cool yeah sure Oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to jump in like that, but um, but I, I, while this is not necessarily my area in terms of what you guys are speaking of, in terms of how it may feel in one way or another, but it is it is cool to see, you know, and I, uh, to see a lot more. Uh, I think females getting uh, into it since I've been in the racing here the last uh, you know four or five years now, and um, and at each track it always seems and and I see, I see Katie a lot more. Mackenzie said nothing meant by this, but I always see like girls coming up to Katie and, and their dads, or you know, or even some older you know some older uh, the girls saying, hey, you know. And getting pictures with you and, you know, with the race, like girl shirts on and your, your shirts are catching on pretty well. And, you know, and they're be pretty recognizable, but it's, it's cool. All the little girls that come up, you know, they're racing and, and I've had, um, many girls like come up to like to my tent because, uh, uh, my girlfriend, Angela, she would find, uh, she has blonde hair and one little girl kept asking and she, she thought you, she thought Angela was you. And she kept saying, is she around? And I said, well, no, actually, you know, I kept trying to tell her that, you know, you're, I can't, I, I didn't know where you were at the time. Um, or at the, I forget what race it was, but I was like, I'll, when I see her, I'll, I'll try to let you, I'll, I'll let her know. But I just kept seeing Angela thinking that she was around me, you know, and, and things like that. So, but it, it's really cool. And, uh, to see you, you know, catching on with the, with the, the young crowd, cause they for sure watch, um, uh, listen to the podcast. Um, you know, their dads are really proud, you know, they haven't come up and they, you're like, like, you guys are like little mini celebrities there, you know, when I say mini, I mean, on our scale. Right. But, um. Um, they're like, you know, you guys are like celebrities to the, to them. And I think that's cool that, like you said, that they have somebody to look up to, um, they can go to. And especially when it's, 
you know, it is a male dominated sport or hobby. It is. And that's, that is the truth. You see, you can see it from the numbers, but, um, but also gives them some comfort. I think when you say, look, oh, she's out there and they watch your races and stuff like that. And, and then you always give them shout outs on the page and things. So I think it's cool. Keep it up. And, uh, like I said, the more, uh, exposure I think you can, you can have with the young folks, um, medium, old or however you want to classify them. That is, I think it's good. So you guys are doing a good job. Yeah, I was just going to take a second to give a few people a shout out because Race Like a Girl has definitely grown a lot over the past couple of years. And there are a lot of people who continue and have got on board to supporting what we try to do. We really have two main goals here at Race Like a Girl. The first one is to just get as many females into the hobby as we can. Um, And I think like all of you really have mentioned visibility is a big part of it. You know, when people see Danica, Danica, when she raced in NASCAR, they saw a female competing at the Sprint Cup Series level and were like, hey, you know, if Danica can do it, I can do it too. So I think it's really important just for us to be visible and to show everyone that you know we can compete with the guys it doesn't necessarily have to be an all guy sport um but you know our second goal is to prove that we can be competitive in the hobby and Mackenzie and I are definitely holding our own right now in the open class as are so many other girls out there right now who are killing it uh there are almost too many to name because I feel like I'm going to forget someone um kiara hold is doing awesome miss bella katie roxbury madison austin there are so many girls holding it down out there so thank you for doing what you guys do um but just thank you for the people who support us if you listen to the podcast if you liked our page thank you thank you for supporting what we do and um big shout out to people like Brent Densford of Beach RC and Ultimate Racing. He has supported us since day one and allowed us to continue to do the giveaways and just promote what we're doing. Um, Mike Anderson has um, been a big donor for Race Like a Girl so that we're able to do giveaways at the track. And so has Joe Ellis. So just thank you to those kind of people. I know at Wicked Weekend, um, we were able to give two of the shirts away because of people like that in the hobby. And um, the two little girls who are racing, Madison and Miley, at Wicked Weekend, they're actually TLR drivers. So they were super excited to um, to receive those Race Like a Girl shirts. And it that's, that's what it's about is just you know, promoting diversity and equity in this sport that we race in. So um, shout out to those people. Thank you so much. Yeah, and a little little uh, just inside here. If you guys have not gotten one of those Race Like a Girl t-shirts or if you have <laughs> not seen them, they are the coolest shirt that I have seen in RC yet. So you know, guys, pick them up for your wives, your girlfriends, your sisters, your kids. Like, they are, they're really neat t-shirt. All right. So, I'm going to end it on one more question that we have. Um, I think this is a good, a good one to end on. And it's from Darlene Myers. And she wants to know, what is the best advice you would give to an up-and-coming racer wanting to go pro? 
Yeah, great question, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think it's really, it's a lot goes into it. And I think just being patient um, and just going to the track and going to races and knowing that, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. And just the surrounding yourself with good people, you know, at the track, people who are going to encourage you and, you know, that have like your best interest at heart and help you out, I think is really important. Yeah, I really like that, too. And I really like how you mentioned having like a good like support group, because I think that's a huge factor. Like, obviously, you know, you want to be able to, you know, tune your motor correctly, or you want to, like, have good results, but, like, having a good support group around you is also, like, a huge thing, and I think that's, that's a huge contributor as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You know, we've, we've had our experiences um, with people not, just not the right fit for, like, I say we, but, like, Dakota's program, and, just knowing that, you know, it just wasn't right. And, you know, we had to like kind of end some of those relationships, but now knowing where Dakota's at right now, he's in such a good place with all of the support that he has from, you know, Jason with J concepts and Kevin Abbott with Trinity and, um, Bradley, you know, Bradley fine line designs who paints his bodies. Um, and then Thomas Tran, you know, he just came on this year, but you know, he's, he's doing a remarkable job as well. So just surrounding yourself with good people will take you far. Well, we are nearing the end of our podcast. So we always end with a quick finish my line game show. So we're going to take a minute to play the uh, game show theme song to let our listeners know how this works. Now, for the moment you've all been waiting for, this is the Finish My Line Game Show, where nothing is made up and the points don't matter. The rules are simple. Finish Katie's sentence. Now, back to our host, Katie Carmen. Alright, so the first question that we have today for the Finish My Game... Finish my line game show is, Chloe, it's to you first. My favorite sport is... Supercross. Oh, you're a Supercross fan. That's awesome. All right, Mackenzie, my favorite sport is... Well, Chloe kind of took my answer, but but Supercross too. (laughs) Look at this. Two girls for Supercross. I love watching Supercross. That's my favorite thing to do if an RC race gets done soon enough that we can, like, go out to eat and watch Supercross. I love doing that. It's one of my favorite things to do. All right, Derek, my favorite sport is, is it Supercross? Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> uh, all racing there. That covers okay. it all, yeah? Yeah, good generalization. <laughs> good answer. All right, Chloe, my favorite RC place to go to is? Oh, man. Um, OCRC. Okay. Mackenzie, I feel like I may know this answer. My favorite RC place to go to is? 
Uh, so I have two. I'm going to say Loganville RC Complex or SMB RC Speedway. Okay, Loganville was my guess, but I'm not surprised by SMB either. I love SMB. All right, Derek, my favorite RC place to go to is? It's a trick question, and I like going to the mall. I thought you were for sure going to say Wicked. <laughs> hey, hey, I like them all, you know? No, Wicked is, Wicked is a good one. Sorry, two sentences. <laughs> Derek is killing these answers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this is a super fun question. We had really a lot of fun with this with Megan, too. So I had to kind of adjust the question because I feel like if I just said one driver, you would say Dakota. Okay, so that's a given that you're probably going to put Dakota on your team, Chloe. But three drivers I would sponsor on my RC car team are. So if you had your own race team, who are the three drivers that you would put on your team? Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. You're putting me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> let's do Dakota. Number one, of course. Um, We'll follow it up with, oh boy. Oh. Based on your previous answer, I could guess who the other two would be. Yeah, I mean, Ryan would be cool to have on a team. And then Jared, let's just go those three. We'll do Dakota, Ryan, and Jared. All right. So, Mackenzie, you have to pick three drivers. Who would you sponsor on your team? Wow. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Chloe was put on the spot. I was thinking while she was answering, <laughs> and I still don't have an answer. Um, I'm going to oh, – gracious. Um, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Cole Ogden. Team HB, okay. Spencer Heckert, also Team HB. And are we gonna go three for three HB? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there and do something completely different. I'm gonna say Tyler Jones because I think all three of them are really like kind of young talent, and I think they have a lot of like they're already crazy good, but I think as they like get older too, they're gonna like be insanely good so i'm just gonna go the young the young talent group that's gonna be my three great choice i love the tyler jones pick he is going to be awesome i um i also i'm just gonna throw a shout out in there before i move on to Derek. spencer heckard has had some killer runs here at mugen challenge um at wicked weekend was he at wicked weekend i don't know i feel mm -hmm. like i've watched him race a couple mm -hmm. different places where he's been on it man so that was a good pick, too. Is, he is having a really good year. He had some stellar, yeah, some stellar runs at Wicked and at Mugen um, Challenge. So, yep, that's my three. For Stick sure. <laughs> All right, Derek, how many techno drivers can we get in your answer? Three drivers I would sponsor on your team are. <laughs> oh, boy. Let me guess. Derek Tebow, Marlo Bright, DJ Hepler. <laughs> Did I get them right? Yeah, but maybe not in that order, but... uh. Um, honestly, you know, I, I didn't know how to answer it. And uh, I know this is dragging out the one liner, but I, I didn't know how to go about it. So I was kind of kind of pick like if we were going to do an all star verse type thing. And um, the people that and, and I pick them like this, um, I think right now, I think, you know, Mayfield's one of the hottest after coming off that last weekend. I think he'd be one to have on the team. 
Um, I've never actually seen Tessman run. He seems like a guy that is interesting, and I kind of wanted to like see him run, but I've never really been anywhere where he was at. And um, and obviously he he's, he packs a good punch. And then um, ah boy, you know, I'm gonna go. I, I've two. I, I'll say one A, one A and one B here, and, and it's not in any order. But I'm going to go with Tebow and then JB Joe Bornhorse because Joe has been a has been a great guy uh, to me personally. You know, and when I've, I spent a lot of time talking to him through Messenger about the cars and things, and and while while Jared's new to the team, you know, recently here, I, I think Jared's a great talent too. Um, but Joe's always been a down to earth guy, and um, I really really liked uh, the you know being able to be personable with him about cars and ask him questions. He's never shy, and he's always helping me out when I have questions online and things like that. So um, I think those, those would be my group just because of the different you know things that I mentioned there. Derek, great 20-sentence answer. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I think that's worse than mine. <laughs> a lot of All right. Next one, Chloe. So if this is like if you're driving somewhere, okay? You mentioned that you and Dakota have been driving a lot more than flying. So I prefer to be a passenger or driver because? Oh, I definitely prefer to be a passenger um, due to Dakota's backseat driving <laughs> and the fact that I get to control the radio. Okay. Good answer. Mackenzie, I prefer to be a passenger or a driver because? I would say passenger also because I like to control the radio and I can pick the music <laughs> station that we're listening to. The best part. All right, Derek, I'm pretty sure you watch movies either way, but I prefer to be a passenger <laughs> or driver because? <laughs> that is true. Uh, I like to be the, I think I like to be the driver. I, think I like to be a driver. In case anybody cares about my answer, I pick passenger because I can take a nap. <laughs> Staying asleep. Get to the track, dead asleep. That's pretty much my life. Um, all right, Chloe, I prefer, this is a similar question. I prefer to fly or drive because. Oh, no, one line. Um, I prefer. Oh, boy. Flying because I love flying. Um, I have a, a oh man, this is way more than one line. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Just finish it off. <laughs> okay, I love flying. Um, I have a a very distant dream, but I would love to become a flight attendant one day. Okay, um, that's a cool job. Yeah, but then I love driving just because of like getting to make random pit stops. Um, it cool sites and like getting to explore, you know, the area that the race is in and you can do that a lot more freely when you drive. So I don't really mind either way, to be honest. I, um, I realized that when we went to nationals, we flew to nationals, but then didn't rent a car. And I was just like, man, at some points, I just wish I had a car to like go see other things when we weren't yeah, like qualifying a race. Right. Yeah, so I totally understand that answer. All right, Mackenzie, I prefer to fly or drive because... So, fun fact, I've never been on a plane, so I don't think I oh. can say that I would prefer flying, so I would say prefer driving um, because I guess I've never been on a plane to know, so... 
Okay. Wow, that's interesting. You may need to get on a plane if, like, you're going to go to nationals in California. I'll take you with me. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. So, Derek, I prefer to fly or drive because? Uh, I would say fly if we're not necessarily going to an RC race because I would never be able to pack everything into on a plane. But um, if it's within, like, three or four hours, I'd say drive, obviously, because it's faster. All right. So I'm a high school teacher. I normally ask about your favorite class from high school, but I'm going to change it up this time and I'm going to ask about your worst class. <gasps> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's fine. I'm going to change it up and ask about your worst class. So the worst class in high school was? Um, math. Oh, that's what I am. I'm a math teacher. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, me and math did not get along. History, great. I love history. But yeah, math is definitely not my strong suit. It's okay. I understand. It's not a crowd favorite. <laughs> um, all right, Mackenzie, the worst class in high school is? Sorry, Katie, math. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> two, two. Derek, is the worst <laughs> class in high school math? If I do the math, it'd actually be in an English class. I enjoyed math. Okay. <laughs> you got one on your side. <laughs> All right. The most prestigious race in RC is? Ooh. I want to say Reedy Race, um, but then there's Worlds as well. So Worlds or Reedy Race? Both good answers. Uh, Mackenzie, the most prestigious race in RC is? Um, I would, my first bet would be Worlds, but if I had to give a different answer, I'd say DNC, just because I think there's a lot of heavy hitters that go to that race, so. All right, I like that answer too. All right, Derek, the most prestigious race in RC is? Well, she kind of stole right at the end there. I was going to say DNC, I mean, if you take out Worlds, but I was going to say DNC. All right, we've made it to our last question, and it's actually a non-RC question, but this should be fun. Uh, Chloe, my least favorite animal is. So what's an animal where you're like, holy crap, if I saw that thing, get me away? Snake. I do not like snakes. Okay, Mackenzie, my least favorite animal is. I don't really know if this counts as an animal, but spiders, I don't do spiders well. Dave would hate your answer. He loves spiders. And uh, Derek, I don't know. It's weird. If there's he, loves, a spider, he loves all insects. Derek can tell you, if there's a spider in the house, he, like, has to save it. Like, there's no killing spiders. We have to save them all. He, like, it's weird. He sends us pictures all the time. Can't yeah. really. Of course, we do the same. <laughs> all right, Derek, my least favorite animal is? Definitely snakes. Oh, we got yeah. two for snakes. There is no good snake out there, okay? I don't care what anybody sure. says. <laughs> it's scary when you're mountain biking. I've come across, I feel like almost every trail I've been on, there's been a black snake, which apparently they're harmless, but it doesn't feel like that at the nope. time. Nope, it doesn't feel like it at all. <laughs> oh. Ooh, yeah, no snake is harmless. 
All right, so we made it to the end of the Finish My Line game show and the end of the podcast. So, Chloe, we cannot thank you enough for coming on the podcast and spending quite a bit of your evening with us. But honestly, it was so fun to get to know you and get to talk to you. So we just really appreciate your time. We know that it is invaluable. Um, If there's anybody that you'd like to thank or give a shout out to at this time, you're more than welcome to. Yeah, no, I just want to thank you for having me. Thank you for doing what you do um, in the industry. You know, just trying to promote just girls in RC. I love that. So thank you for for kind of hitting that up and taking that on. Um, yeah, I don't know if I, you know, shout out to just my family and how supportive they are. And even Dakota's family, like they are all just so supportive of Dakota and, you know, I and our whole team. So shout out to them and shout out to the TLR crew and you know, everybody else who's involved, we couldn't do it without you guys. That's for sure. So same to you, Mackenzie. Thank you for spending our evening with us. It was um, it was long overdue for us to race together. And it was so much fun getting to race with you again at Wicked. I hope our paths cross again soon. So thank you, Mackenzie, for coming on the podcast tonight. Yeah, thanks, guys. I had a blast. And thank you, Chloe, for coming on. We enjoyed talking to you a lot. And last but not least, thank you, Derek. It's always a pleasure. Always fun to have you on. Um, I see you almost every time we race, so I'll see you at the next one. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, but no, thanks for again for having me on. I always appreciate it, and it's always fun to you know to see who you're going to get. And Chloe, thanks you a lot for uh, joining us and, and really opening up and telling us a lot about you know who you are. Um, I probably wouldn't have had any opportunity you know outside of seeing you at a race you know at a race to come up and say anything or 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 even get to know you in this depth so it was kind of cool between the motorcycles you know the track ownership you know with your family and you know how you and dakota kind of came about you know you're not just like high school sweethearts you're like preschool sweethearts almost it seemed <laughs> well or, or preteen uh sweethearts so um i think that's awesome your support um that, you know, for him and, you know, obviously his job, but, you know, for our hobby is, um, it sounds to be outsta- outstanding. Um, the work, you know, you do as your professional job is, is one is admirable, admirable as well. Um, it, you know, in, in that field as well. So I really do appreciate everything. It was so cool to meet you. And, um, it, it was just cool. I, I didn't know what to expect, but, um, I, I think you blew, you blew me away for sure. And, um, I don't mean that in any bad way. It's all good. And, uh, it was, it was really fun. So thanks a lot. Thanks for Katie for inviting her and inviting me and Mackenzie. Thanks as well. Yeah. Thank you guys, Derek. Let's, let's meet up at a race sometime. I'd love to get to put a face with the voice. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll stop by if I can there when next time we see you. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, everybody, we're out. We'll see you on the next episode or at the next race. Bye.